to the Seahawks 360 podcast. It's Sports Ethos Production. We will look at the Seahawks from every angle every week. I'm Candace Hagens. And I'm Tino Ganassius. And it is a pleasure to talk Hawks with you. Guys, we have a, quite a bit to go over today. So we haven't talked with Tino in a minute. So I'm going to get Tino's thoughts on just uh, what happened at the Bengals game. We'll talk a little bit about that. But then, of course, we're going to talk about this uh, Arizona game, which I think is a pretty important game in terms of defining who the Seahawks are. But before we get into that, Tino, just sort of what were your overall thoughts, takeaways and for the Bengals game? And, you know, maybe your concerns, if if you have any, if they roll over it to this week. I think the Bengals game was a matchup of two, in my opinion, two top 10 teams in the NFL. I think it was a well-played game. Um, I think the Seahawks were in it to the end. I don't agree with the, the, I guess, subsequent, subsequent trashing of Geno Smith. I think that one interception was clearly DK Metcalf's fault. Yeah. Um, the one on the corner pattern, I think, you know, could he have thrown a better ball? Yes. But I think Gino actually played really well. And I think what that game says to me, it's not the loss. It's the fact that Seattle is going to be in games with anyone that they play and are as capable of any team in the NFL of um, making the playoffs and going far. To me, it was a positive. You go on the road to a place like Cincinnati against a what I consider to be a top five quarterback in the NFL who has tremendous weapons and a very good defense, I think the Seahawks showed out, to be honest with you. I know they didn't win, but in my opinion, the Seahawks played incredibly well. Um, Kenneth Walker is proving to be what I consider a top probably 8 to 12 running back in the NFL. Um, the defense played well. We talked about Devon Witherspoon. He's proven out to be a top corner. Like To me, these are all great signs. You're not going to win on the road against you know teams that are top five top ten it's just not going to happen so or not often at least so no I to me it was all positive um could they have done stuff better absolutely could Gino you know that second interception could he have thrown a better pass I think so but they moved the ball um I don't know I, I I came away from it thinking okay this is a very good team that coupled with the injuries uh, on the 49ers, this team is going to compete for the NFC West. That was my, that was what I walked away with. Wow. That's, that is the most optimistic perspective I have heard <laughs> all week. I should have talked to you sooner. Right. <laughs> right. That, that is really optimistic. Now I, I'm not as high on Geno's performance as, as mm-hmm. you are, but I did go back and watch it. And there are some things that it was just tough for him. And that old line was bad. Um, And so, you know, there is only so much you could ask. You would love for Gino to make a little bit more magic. But I do understand that he was coming, still dealing with that injury um, Mm -hmm. to his knee and to his ankle. And I think that sort of limited him some. It seemed to have him a little bit more frazzled than normal. One thing I generally always praise Gino for is his pocket presence and his ability to navigate that pressure a lot better. But it's been happening often. So I guess I don't know if it, if it's a thing where after so much time, the the damn sort of breaks, if you will, mm-hmm. um, in, terms of, in terms of being able to navigate that. I also think that Shane saying since they got Charles Cross called a game that was more 
could would, would put people on islands a little bit more often. And I think you saw the results of that. Um, they did not use the tight ends as much trying to get JSN involved some, which they did a little bit more successfully. But I think overall, I think I agree with you. It was frustrating to say the least, not to say, not to get in the, in the end zone, you know, as, as, with as many chances as they had. I think I still come away pretty frustrated from that. So I can't say I'm as positive overall as you are, but it, it seemed like it was a variety of things. It, it If it wasn't Gino, it was the play call. If it wasn't the play call, it was, like you said, DK, like completely right. just quit. He just quit on a route. Yeah, giving up on a route. He, like He quit on the route. And you can't, on an in-breaking pattern, you cannot quit on the route, right? That yeah. was purely on DK. What I will say, too, is I don't, Gino Smith is paid as a quarterback and regarded as a quarterback who is going to play very well within the system, is going to be poised, is going to be a leader, but he's not, you know, he, he's not going to be the kind of guy that can make something out of nothing, right? He right. still needs to be in the right system for him, and he still needs his skilled position players and his line to perform. He's yeah. not Patrick Mahomes, right? And he's not paid as, as such, and he's not regarded as such. And I think in this game – with the type of pressure that specifically Trey Hendrickson can can provide mm-hmm. uh, on the Bengals' part, it's it's tough for him. He's not going to make uh you know chicken salad out of chicken. You know what? Like that's yeah. not who Geno Smith is. Yeah, yeah he, he's a very good, not not great quarterback, right. and maybe that's the frustration with some. Maybe they expect him to be great, right. but I agree with you that they're not paying him to be great. In fact, no. they're they're barely paying him if he doesn't meet his metrics then he won't get much money. Like he's right. not going to hit 35 million at, at the pace he's on right now. Right. Um, so then you come away fine with whatever you get from him because it's fair value. It's not like the Daniel Jones contract, right? Where, where, where he's right. playing abysmally and, and, and he's far underperforming for that. And I do think there's opportunity for Gino to come around. I, I keep really hoping that each new week we will get the opportunity to see the O-line healthy and it just seems like that must be a far-fetched dream. Well, uh, <laughs> I'll tell you what, I wish I wish that they would have gone with the same. I know Charles Cross was back, and I understand his value, and that yeah. they wanted to open up the offense a little more, but I wish they would have just stuck with, you know, the tight ends staying yep. to help. The same stuff they did bef- when, they, when it was Curran and Forsyth, I wish they would have stuck with some of that stuff because yep. it seemed to be working. And – just because Cross is back doesn't mean he's at 100%. Yeah. And and the Bengals have a ferocious, as we saw, a ferocious pass rush. Mm-hmm. So that was an adjustment that I don't feel like they made um, in this game that I think they could have. I would have gone with a lot more, you know, tight end help, maybe some running back help in terms of chipping or in terms of, of protection because Gino was just, he was getting annihilated in that game. Yeah. And, between that and the injury and the receivers not always doing what they're supposed to be doing, I don't really blame him. I think, and I think we can predict that over the course of this season, he's not going to be the reason why they lose. But I also don't think you can count on him to like pull games out of a hat. He's not yeah. the way that Russell Wilson used to, right? Where it was like, yeah. you could say the Seahawks won because Russell Wilson did something brilliant. That's not who Geno Smith necessarily is. Yeah. And we yeah. have to just 
kind no. of acknowledge that and embrace it and move on. Right, right. And, and it was only frustrating, I guess, for me because the defense played so well. The defense right. played, has has consistently played some of the best ball we've seen in years. Yep. And so I think that's what really makes it more frustrating. I think if the defense had played anything like it had been playing last year, it wouldn't have even been a game, right? So I agree with you in the sense that this people had anticipated preseason for this to be a scheduled loss anyway. And so for the people mm-hmm. who panic because of this loss, I say to you, didn't you have it as a loss pre- previously? Like, even if you thought this team was going to be great, did you not have the Bengals down as a loss? And most people, I, I didn't hear a single person of all the predictions I heard preseason that mm. predicted that the Seahawks were going to win this game. And so you're just happy that you were in it. Yes, there were opportunities to win. Is that annoying? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But you, you like you said, you lost to a good team on the road. You're going back home and you have an opportunity to fix it at home. And I think we're at the point where they need to do that and or panic will be justified, I think. Right. Well, think about it this way. If I told you before the season that the Seahawks were going to travel two hours time difference to Cincinnati, Ohio, and take on a relatively healthy Cincinnati Bengals team where Joe Burrow is back to being Joe Burrow right? Which is a top five quarterback in the NFL. Mm -hmm. And he's got his weapons. He's got T Higgins. He's got, you know, uh, Mixon. Mm -hmm. He's got a decent line. The defense is playing well. And you're going to travel to Cincinnati and you're going to give up 17 points in Cincinnati. Yeah. Like the defense is phenomenal. Yeah. Defense has, you know, when I look at great NFL defenses, especially defenses, great defenses over the years. You're talking about like the Super Bowl Ravens when Trent Dilfer was quarterback, the the you know the Bears in the 80s, those sorts of teams. These defenses had swag, right? Yeah. These defenses had style. They had a vibe. There was a nastiness. There was a confidence. And I'm not saying that's who the Seahawks are. Even the Niners right now, led by Fred Warner, same sort of deal. Mm-hmm. This is what Witherspoon is, and, and I, I know I always go back to him, but I'm telling you, this is what Witherspoon and Adams, when he's on the field, yep. that's what they're providing. This defense yep. to hold Cincinnati to 17 points in Cincinnati with a healthy Joe Burrow and a healthy Jamar Chase is a huge, huge accomplishment. Yeah, it is. It's huge. So if Abe Lucas gets healthy and DK Metcalf decides to actually run his full route, right this team is this team is good yeah this team is good so if we move to this cardinals preview and sunday's game when i'm looking at the numbers and i'm looking at this cardinals team the seahawks just need to show up yeah they just need to show up the talent on this cardinals team the fact that they have two high first round picks on the way next season with caleb williams and Marvin Harrison Jr. coming out, and Josh Dobbs, who I like as a quarterback, but is not a winning quarterback necessarily, and James mm-hmm. Conner, they're probably their best offensive players hurt. This has to be a W for the Seahawks. Yeah. They need to just show up. What, well, you, what do you I'll think about this game? Compete. I'm going to add show up and compete. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, I agree with you. Because I think that if you sleep on this Cardinals team and you just show up and do nothing else, I do think they can take advantage of that. Uh, we saw with Cowboys. Right. Um, 
So it's possible, but if you show up, like you said, and compete, mm-hmm. I agree with you. The talent is, I feel like it's an ocean wide. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't even know how they've looked as good as they've looked, to be honest. But the, I can't tell if it's competition. It's still early in the year. I can't tell if it's just chip on your shoulder, kind of, you know, hungry play from mm-hmm. these guys. And I know the players don't typically tank, but I mean, you still got to execute. And those guys have executed as best they can. Like you said, it doesn't equal winning football. And I think that's just because there's a talent gap mm-hmm. between them and most teams in the league. But it's a team that you compete against, but it's a team that, like you said, they I expect to win. They They need to win this game. If they don't win this game, then it puts into question then it was really big questions. It's curtains. Honestly, if you're you're at home, coming off a loss at home against a team that is essentially not trying to win because of, of next year's draft and the need for a quarterback, and you've got their best player, James Conner, their best offensive player, James Conner, is hurt, right? And all of the success before James Conner's injury was predicated on the running game, right? They've got, they invested in Paris Johnson Jr. as a top 10 draft pick in 2023. He's their starting right tackle. Will Hernandez was a former first round pick as a guard. DJ Humphreys isn't a bad left tackle, right? They had a running game that was really the reason why they were able to beat the Cowboys and the reason why they were able to stay in the first couple of games. James Conner goes down and they're done, right? He yep. was the one who was really carrying that team. So there's, if the Seahawks don't win this, I put this on the leaders of the team for not motivating and the coaches for not getting the team up and ready to go. I, I fully expect, I don't know about a blowout, but every number, every number points to the Seahawks winning this game on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Even that, I mean, the only thing that I really look at and, and caused me alarm, I sort of hinted at this before, is the offensive line. Mm-hmm. You do have questionable um, Evan Brown, which is a big deal because I, I think he's played very well. In fact, I think he's been one of the better linemen on a very <laughs> line of misfit um, offensive linemen. He's, he's mm-hmm. been really good. Um, Phil Haynes, who has struggled early. And so, you know, I worry about him playing injured when he was already struggling. Mm-hmm. But uh, Damian Lewis is not on this list, so I, I, I like that part. Um, and so hopefully we expect to see him. And then finally, Jake Curhan, who I have advocated for them to bench anyway. Ooh, he, he's just complete he's a turnstile. Turn yeah. He's complete. a turnstile. I mean, you got to play Jason Peters. And I, from my understanding, Jason Peters is also banged up. But mm-hmm. give the guy a shot. Right. Seriously. Give him a shot because I can't take any more Forsyth Curhan combos and 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 actually Forsyth being the better of the two in pass protection is even more scary. Right. It really speaks to how bad um, this offensive line really has been because I truly believe if Geno gets just some time in a pocket to go through his reads and he's a he's a process guy, he's a mental yep. guy. You got to give him a couple seconds. Yep. He's not the guy that's going to overcome an offensive line. I've said this before, but Geno goes as the O line goes. Right. And it's just that simple. Well, and you're so not, you're not able to take advantage of, you know, you've got these three receivers who are immensely talented. We already know Metcalf and Lockett are, 
you know, all pro caliber, thousand yards, 10 touchdowns type of receivers, right? We know that already. And JSN has the talent to do it. I don't think anyone's debating that, but you can't take, you're not going to take advantage of your skill positions and you're not going to take advantage of this wide receiver talent if Geno Smith is running for his life. Yep. And I don't put that on him. If he's running for his life, he he's not going to be able to find them, right? Yeah. And so you invested this draft capital and all of this money in your wide receivers. But if if there's no time, it doesn't matter. Right. They can't protect, right? And thankfully, the the Cardinals pass rush pass rush is not, I'm trying not to say it like Chris Collinsworth, is not uh they don't have much, right? There's not, you look at their their starting defense and their names you don't really recognize. Zayvon Collins is probably the most recognizable name on their starting defense outside of Buda Baker. I know Buda Baker, I think, just got activated this uh today, but they don't generate a ton of pass rush. They don't have a ton of talent, at least name brand talent on that defense. There's no reason why they should they they shouldn't be able to actually protect and allow Gino to have the time to pick apart this defense. I just I would be stunned. I'd be stunned, and you better have me on next week if they lose, because I will go off. <laughs> there is no reason. Yeah, we'll be going off together. No, we'll be, we'll be going off together because I agree. You're you're at home. You got to take advantage of that. Mm-hmm. It's a division opponent in a race with which you are trying to compete with the Niners, and mm-hmm. in order to do that, got to win every division game on out. I feel like in order to kind of bridge that gap, because Niners have been on a roll. And they sort of gave you a break. Yes, it would have been nice to get a win when they got a loss. But again, we're not there. And so the opportunity is still before them. But no, it's pretty straightforward to me. Mm -hmm. You want to see the offense get going. And then you want to see the defense continue to be who they've been. Just just for consistency. play, Play gap, play assignment football. Against this team, the lack of talent on offense. And, you know, Marquise Brown and Rondell Moore are fast. But if you just play assignment football, stay in your gaps, stay in your lanes, keep everybody in front of you, this this has got to be a W. Let me ask you this, though. Is Witherspoon better than Reek Woolen in coverage already? And are we seeing more balls go to Woolen because he's not quite the player that Witherspoon is? Yes and yes. I think that was always going to be the case because Woolen was a project when he came out. He mm-hmm. he became a phenom, right? So it's fair to say that Witherspoon, especially technique-wise, was always going to be the number five overall pick. He was always going to be more advanced mm-hmm. as a player than Reef Woolen was. Now, if you want to talk about upside, it's a little different because of Woolen's physique and his mm-hmm. just natural physical talent and skill set. But I actually feel like, um, yeah, yes, teams have been picking on him and they're going to start because they're not going to want to throw it with a spoon. It's actually going to be the opposite effect. People were throwing it with a spoon because they didn't want to throw it at Woolen. And Woolen has sort of allowed some plays, except for he sort of woke up in the second half of that Bengals game. And mm-hmm. I think part of it, honestly, is I think he got bored. You know, mm-hmm. like I kind of think it was a little bit of a Richard Sherman effect where, you know, if nobody's ever throwing your way, you just sort of let the underneath stuff go, which this, which is allowed right in this defense he's not in a defensive rookie of the year campaign like he was last year that's sort of off the table do you have that same motivation to really be as sticky in coverage or things like that to bait quarterbacks as often as you did 
Probably not. But I think that as people begin to target him more, I think you will see him step up a little bit. I think part of it is just being pure lack of, not lack of effort, Mm -hmm. lack of interest. (laughs) And I can't blame him for that because people really haven't been targeting him much and and he's not been really tested. And he's not going to be tested in this game either, but I do think he doesn't want to be the guy who gets, you know, like he doesn't want to be the weak link on the defense either. And there's no reason he should be. So all he has to do is turn one of those into an interception Mm-hmm. And then it makes guys think twice again. Like that's really all he needs. All he needs is a pick just to remind people I'm still who I am. They locked up, basically locked up Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, and Tyler Boyd. Yeah. This defense, and I asked the question because I know they threw at Woolen Moore, but I don't see him as a weak link at all. I I think that this I think this defense is on the cusp of dominance. And I'm not. I'm not trying to be a homer, right? I'm not trying to look at this Bengals game and say that there were all these great things because I'm hopeful. I'm saying that because that's what I saw. I I really think that, you know, you challenge Reek Woolen a couple of times and he's going to pick you off and you're going to start to look elsewhere, right? I just, this, man, I don't know. This, This team, just every... Every aspect of this team looks like it's on the cusp of being great. And with the with the Niners with Debo Samuel's injury and Christian McCaffrey's injury, I I think the door is slightly open for this team to actually win this division and and be great. I I really think it's their form if they want it. Yeah, I agree. They got to get the offense clicking. And it's really funny because the narrative from what we thought it would be preseason is but it's quite frankly the opposite. Right. Everyone was concerned about the defense. Everyone thought the secondary would be pretty good, but there was a lot of talk about the defensive line. The defensive line has been really good. I think really good. far surpassed anyone's expectations. Jaron Reed in particular has mm-hmm. far out outstretched any imagination for what you could even hope. Even mm-hmm. for those who are optimistic, and I was fairly optimistic going into the season about Jaron. I mean, he's, he's done better than even I thought. Mm-hmm. And so with the defense looking so strong and, and really look like it's building something because it does, you kind of, you're kind of seeing the, them, those building blocks, I think it just, it's just the offense. And like you said, the, the offense has all the talent in the world, but they, there are legitimate reasons why mm. you haven't seen this offense in full force. Are there still some problem issues that I worry about even when they're healthy? Yes. Because third down def- third down offense was a problem last year. Red zone offense was a problem last year. Not as much of one, but it's still, you know, is there some consistency there? Now, I do think, you know, I do still believe that JSN was the cure for at least the three, the third down offense. Mm-hmm. Um, red zone stuff, they still got to figure out. But this is the team to do it against. They are 31st, 32nd ranked in defense, if I'm not mistaken. I, I, I really 30, think they're 32nd. DVOA, they are 31st. 31st, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought I thought they were pretty, pretty bad. So, like, mm-hmm. one of the worst defenses in the NFL, you got to take advantage of that offensively. This is what I want to see. As, as much as I'd love to see another dominant defensive game, still would love to see it. That's opp- that's opportunity for that. Need to see a offensive rhythm game. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. specifically putting touchdowns on the board, mm-hmm. passing touchdowns. I mean, they've been doing a lot of rushing touchdowns. Like that's great for, for Kenneth Walker. He struggled with that last year, but you want to see the guys like do it in the air, take right. advantage of the core. Like you said, I think this could be a, um, I suspect this will be a heavier Tyler Lockett game mm-hmm. because he's been quiet the past couple of weeks and people have been complaining about JSN, right? Like, where's he been? Where's he been? Mm-hmm. Okay. You hadn't heard much from Tyler either <laughs> ever since week two in those touchdowns. And it's just, it lets you know that it's not them. They should just, to me, if Buda Baker is healthy, you're going to go the, the opposite way of Buda Baker, right? If Buda Baker is, cause he's an all pro safety. He's is one he of the playing? best. Well, he's activated. He's, he's activated from IR. Yeah, they activated him today. Okay. So if he's playing, I, you know, I'm looking one way and I'm going the other way. Whatever, whatever direction Baker goes, I'm throwing the opposite way. But yeah, I, I think you're like, absolutely right. This is a get right game mm-hmm. where, you know, you if you want to get Metcalf and and Lockett and JSN, you want to get them off, you want them to like, you know, to get each get a touchdown, whatever it is. This is the game to do it. Get them the confidence. Get Gino the confidence to be able to do that. And I don't think, despite the the struggles with the offensive line, I do think that the that he's Gino Smith is going to have the time to actually throw some of those you know longer developing routes. The other thing is, I didn't see the the play action numbers, but the running game is effective enough, yeah, mm-hmm. and good enough that even if the line is terrible you still have an opportunity to run, just run more play action. Yeah. Because they're going to have to honor the run. If you want the passing game to, you know, to produce more and you want to give Geno Smith the time enough to find his wide receivers, just decide we're going to run 10, 15% more play action than we typically do. Yeah. The running game is a threat. Teams do not want to tackle Zach Charbonnet and, you know, Kenneth Walker, despite his, his, uh, per carry average is seen right now as a top 10, top 12 running back in the NFL. He's that good. Do you think Charbonnet plays? Because he is questionable as of right now with a hamstring and they they really didn't play him second half last, um, last game, I think because of that injury. He's, he's a tough dude. Anybody who, who, you know, I'm, I'm just kind of applying this blanketly, but Anyone who looks for contact in the way that he does and is trying to prove himself in the way that he does, I think that he's going to do everything in his power to try to play in this game, whether that's the right decision for the team or not. I expect to see him, but I definitely expect a heavy dose of Kenneth Walker Jr. or Kenneth Walker III, I guess. But nah, they that running game can can create for everybody. And I I don't know. I would start with that, see if you can lean on that. And then, like I said, run play action and and get that passing game going. This is this is a get right game, like I said. They're the Cardinals, one thing they could do was run the ball, and part of that was James Conner. Now they're leaning on DiMercato and Keontae Ingram. And they just they don't have the talent to really beat the to beat the Seahawks. Yeah, yeah. If the if the if the defense can come out in the beginning mm-hmm. and set the tone that you're not going to be able to run on us, yep. I think it's curtains. Curtains, yeah, for sure. That's curtains. I think it's Don't curtains. Let me, hey, 
look, don't let me go to this game and have the Seahawks lose. Don't let me go to this game and watch <laughs> the Cardinals, no names, guys even I don't know, putting pressure on Geno Smith over and over again. I will be so salty. I will be so salty to go to this game and watch the Seahawks lose. Yeah, for those of you who do not know, Tino, Tino has the opportunity to, to go to the game, and hopefully we can get some perspective somebody who, from somebody who did go to the game Boy. and hopefully go to a game with which they won because I, I think – and it's really hard to get into in detail on this one. I just think it's a talent mismatch. And sometimes mm-hmm. it comes down comes down to that. I think Geno is a far superior quarterback. And for people who don't think so, I think this is an opportunity for Geno to prove it. And I think he's sort of down on himself from knowing that he could do better. Mm-hmm. And he talked about that in his mm-hmm. pressers, right? About putting that really on him. And so far in his tenure as a Seahawk, I have seen Gino do nothing but bounce back when he has a tough game. Yep. Um, bounce back even when he has a tough moment. Yep. Generally speaking, I think I think people are so upset because they're kind of used to him throwing a pick and then throwing a touchdown, right? Like they're used to him redeeming himself even in the same game. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's caused people to lose faith in him. But I still believe that he's going to bounce back and he's going to look a lot better. And even if there is pe- pressure, he'll be able to navigate it better. And even if there is pressure that um, we have smart coaches who pull Jay Curhan for the love of God, please pull <laughs> that man from the from the field. Oh right. my goodness, how hard is it? Well, and you need you need your receivers to understand to be able to if you're locked if your receivers are locked in to when there's pressure on you, and they're able to execute the hot routes correctly, right? And they're and they're running their routes fully, like a hundred percent. That's going to help him a ton. But there's been a lot of, to be honest with you, Tyler Lockett is the one receiver on this team you can count on to do the right thing. DK, you know, outside, I don't even, I don't even care about the personal foul penalties that people are getting on, but running a full route so you don't get picked off. JSN is a rookie. No matter how smart he is, he may not always do the right thing. Those yeah. are the kinds of things that are going to help Gino be Gino right, is your receivers running the correct routes, your receivers being like understanding that, you know, when you're getting blitzed, when there's six guys rushing and there's five guys to protect, that he's got to get the ball out out quickly. It's why Mahomes hasn't been great this year. His receivers aren't as good. And they're not not connected in the way that a, a great quarterback needs to be connected with their receivers. You look at someone like Julian Edelman with, Tom Brady. Edelman was running like a 4-8-4-9-40. But they were on the same page, right? And they understood each other. And because they understood each other, they were able to execute in those types of situations where there was pressure on the quarterback or understand the defense that was being played and being able to sit in zones or seeing recognizing man and taking advantage of it. That's something I don't see DK doing mm-hmm. and it's something that JSN isn't quite you know, up to speed yet. But Geno Smith is such a cerebral quarterback. He needs his his receivers to be able to do that. Yeah, agreed, 100%. Well, I don't have too much else. This is just a get-or-done game. Um, yeah. There aren't, so, there aren't enough stat. Uh, uh, the, next, the next 
break down, I probably will have some stats in, in terms of where the Seahawks stand in regards to the league. But I just mm-hmm. I didn't really feel like it was worth it for this game, honestly, just because okay. it's straightforward. All the facts in the world simply just point to the fact that Seahawks need to win. Um, did you have anything else that you wanted to to add in regards to this preview? I don't. I think that, you know, if the Cardinals are being honest with themselves, they've got their own first round pick. They've got the Texans first round pick. They've got a quarterback in Kyler Murray who was signed to a big contract by basically a previous regime and they don't necessarily trust. Mm-hmm. I think everything they do is geared towards Caleb Williams. And so they're not motivated to, you can't, you're not going to tell your starters go out there and lose, right? Football doesn't work that way. Otherwise you get hurt. Yeah. I don't think that the organization as a whole is motivated to play well this particular season. It's part of the reason why they dealt Isaiah Simmons to the Giants, right? Mm -hmm. Former top 10 pick. It's, I just, I think that everything is there for the Seahawks to go out there and dominate. And I would be stunned, absolutely stunned. Despite the fact that the Seahawks always play down to their competition, I would be stunned if the Seahawks lost in this game. I expect it to be a really positive showing. I don't I don't know that'll be a blowout necessarily. Are mm-hmm. we doing predictions here or no? Yeah, why not? To me, this is like a 31-7 Seahawks game. This is this is you just said you don't expect it to be a blowout. That's not a blowout, 31-7. That's a blowout. Yeah, ball's like 45-3. No, that's a blowout. That's not, right. it's not basketball. It's football. It's <laughs> a blowout. <laughs> no, nah, it's third. So 31-7 for me. I think that the um I think the Seahawks shut down this running game. I think they forced Josh Dobbs. You know, you've got Josh Dobbs who hasn't played a ton, started a ton of NFL games, coming into a ruckus, you know, rabid. Seahawks stadium where everyone's going nuts and he doesn't have a ton of skill around him. And the line is, is okay, but it's not great. I just, I fully expect the Seahawks to dominate this game. I think all they need to do is show up and then defensively play assignment football, right? Stay in your gap, do what you're supposed to do. The talent on the Arizona offensive side is not enough to be able to score against you as long as you just do your job. So this is, to me, this is the do your job game. Offensive line, run block a little bit. Don't get Geno killed. Let let K-9 do his thing. You know, get these wide receivers off a little bit. Defensively, stay in your gaps. Don't let anybody, don't let Hollywood Brown behind you. Don't let Rondell Moore run those crossing routes and go nuts. And you're solid. Just tackle, right? Tackle, rush the passer a little bit, do a little bit of blocking, Seahawks going to be straight. 31-7 Seahawks. You heard it here first. <laughs> I'm going to go I'm going to go 31-17. Okay. Um a, a little bit 17. Okay. Yeah, because here's the thing. I don't think they're going to come out, you know, I've been talking about that lately they've been more aggressive in their blitzing and things like that. They ain't going to they're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. They're going to play your coverage. favorite defense. They're not they're, they're not going to do that. I'm telling you, they are not going to do that. And I, as long as the offense can hold up their end, I'm not going to be mad at it, mm-hmm. right? Like, try to beat them in coverage. Just, I mean, you can allow some underneath stuff, but I think that will allow for some field goals to make it competitive. Mm-hmm. But I don't think it'll allow for a lot of touchdowns. Get that, so, dub, get that dub and get out. 
yeah. So I, that's that's sort of what I expect. I do expect the offense to get back on the right track, mm-hmm. and I expect the defense to still do its job. Maybe not to look as phenomenal as they have been, but it would be nice for the offense to sort of carry the 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 load a bit because you want a team that can win both ways. Yeah. You want a team that can win by scoring when they need to, and you want a team that can win defensively when needed to. That just speaks to the strength of the team. And if they're alternating, taking turns, then that's all the better. Um, of course, you'll eventually need the game when you got to put it all together. But it ain't this one. This, this oh. one ain't that. No, nope. this one ain't that. So um, you could have just the special team show up and still win. <laughs> you be getting ahead of yourself. You know, you be, no, I'm just, hey, I'm just trying get to ahead say, of yourself. The Hawks are a better team. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I'm gonna guarantee this one too. Don't let me. All right, Joshua Dobbs. Let him go against Michael Dixon. That's not gonna be great. Um, <laughs> I want you to tell the people where they can find you. What you got going on? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Tino Junior Twenty. Uh, I host the Mariners Cast. Uh, it's Ethos Mariners, E T H O S M A R I I N E R S. I am doing Mariners Cast twice a week during the off season. Right now, um, I'm looking position by position, talking about what I think you know where the Mariners stand, what the grade is for the previous season, what the minor leagues look like at that position, free agents, possible trades. Uh, it is a slower time, um, but it's been a lot of fun. I'm also on Twitter posting a bunch about this crazy 2023 statistical database that I'm building, um, lots of fantasy stats, that sort of thing. But you can find me on Twitter, listen to the Mariners cast, uh, and hopefully you can find me at the stadium on Sunday at minimum at a bar around the stadium watching this football game, watching this Seahawks 31-7 victory over the over the Arizona Cardinals. Nice. Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Ethos Seahawks. Um, we'll have a lot more up this week about just sort of a breakdown of the game. Really want to kind of evaluate how the Seahawks look as a team compared to the rest of the league and sort of what takeaways we can make from that. Now, of course, I'm hoping to do that off of a W instead of a loss. But either way, that's what we're expecting to do because I think we have a big enough sample size to do that with. So be sure to follow us if you don't already. If you're on YouTube, be sure to give us a comment, like, and subscribe. If you haven't already, you can listen to iTunes. We're out here trying hard, man. Um, appreciate you guys' support. And as always, we're out. Go hot. Oh.